we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for February 1st, 2021. I forgot to read this comment at the back end of the last video, and it was from a longtime listener, Patricia, and I had sent this out to some of my listeners, this video that we just heard, and she said, people need to stop watching these people. I can't name a single person who calls himself a prophet who I am certain is a real prophet. Not a single one. I'm not saying they don't exist, but they have lied to me my entire life. And I'm done with anyone who says they're a prophet and they don't, and I don't want to hear from them. I don't, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you. <clears throat> now, the next part is the Q and false prophets or prophets, like they're profiting are now saying Trump is planning to come back and to be the champion of America and my response. Now, remember what they said, you know, this isn't our timeline, it's God's, and God's going to, you know, do this. Even though, you know, if it was really of God, those prophecies would have come to pass, but now they're saying, no, no, God's moved the goalposts. They're basically blaming it on God for all their false prophecies, you know. They won't repent. They won't. They won't admit a lying spirit was speaking to them and still is. No, they they they've got too much pride for that. No, 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 no. So they're going to double and triple down. They're going to blame it on God. And um, this was a uh, a video that was sent to me, and um, <clears throat> I I saw I saw I listened to a little bit of the video, and I said yes. I talked about this in my last teaching regarding they're planning to bring trump back and for him to be the champion of america now i talked about this in the last teaching i talked about this in the last teaching but if you listen to trump's mouthpieces meaning his mouthpieces like lynn wood and that simon guy that's had uh says that jesus is part reptile and that he is part reptile himself and that he's had sex with um half reptilian beans and that he's been in constant communication with reptiles for years that simon guy that's like one of the mouthpieces now still spewing out lies and garbage about trump coming back and trump coming back to save the day i mean that guy's a flat out total new age freak he's not even any veneer of christianity yet people are going to him in droves still that simon guy simon parks okay total new age freak that guy all the stuff about reptilians, all the blasphemous stuff he said about Jesus, they don't care. It doesn't matter. As, as long as it sounds good and as long as Trump's coming back. Because see, so many people have literally put their trust in Trump. And when you do that, you make God really angry. And I think that's why God's letting them have it their way. Just like when they wanted a king in David's day. And God's like, alright, I'll give you a king. Saul. And look how Saul turned out, you know, really, really bad, not a good dude at all. Okay. But the people wanted to have a king to rule over them, just like they want today for Trump to rule over them and come back and save the day. They want to trust in flesh. And the Bible says, cursed be the man that trusteth in man. How many times I've seen in Trump, we trust and all the people wearing the red MAGA hats and all these prophets saying this stuff about Trump and the Q movement. In Trump we trust. Cursed be the man, Jeremiah 17, 5. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm, meaning you're leaning on the arm of flesh, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So when you trust in Trump, some ungodly, evil, degenerate, pathological, lying devil who's never repented, ever, 
who's done more to advance the 5G agenda and the COVID-19 agenda through Operation Warp Speed, bringing the military in to give us the shots, than any other person ever. When you're trusting in a devil like Trump and you're calling him God's anointed, you're going to make God very angry. Very, very angry. So he's going to let you have it your way. And he's going to send strong delusion that you will believe a lie. Because you had pleasure in unrighteousness and you didn't love the truth. Now that's what happens. I'm sorry. That's what happens in that environment. And that's the environment that we're in. So if you listen to the mouthpieces like Q and the false prophets and Simon Parks and Lynn Wood and all these other devils, it appears the only way that Trump coming back and to be the champion of America will happen is going to be via this Gesera or Nasera. It's basically the same thing. Gesera is more of an updated version of Nasera that I covered last week. So I don't want to recover that ground. But it's but what is that? That's when the Ascended Masters come back. <laughs> That's when Maitreya comes. That's when the Antichrist and False Prophet are probably going to make their big debut. And that we might see actually UFOs or at least Project Bluebeam holographic projections of them up in the sky. You talk about strong delusion. We haven't even got to that part yet. And people are totally still hook, line, and sinker. Scary stuff. That's personally with me. Now, I've been talking about Gasser and Nasser for 20 years. Okay. And Lynn Wood confirmed this. The last interview I played, one of Trump's main mouthpieces right now, he said, yes, I do believe Gasser and Nasser is real and that it will happen. Well, we're going to restore the Republic. We're going to go to like, uh, we're going to free energy. You're going to free everything. You're going to, you know, going to have uh, precious metal back in the money. Oh, it's going to sound like the greatest thing you ever heard of, but understand what is on the other side of it. How soon those those Ascended Masters come out, I don't know. I don't know. But if you're not familiar with that key in Ascended Masters, you can key in Master Jesus, who is one of the Ascended Masters. I don't mean the Jesus of the Bible. I'm talking about their version of Jesus. Or Maitreya. All of these are, are subjects I have covered ad infinitum in times past you just key any of those search words in in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com all that information is basically just as applicable today as it was when i recorded it i went on to say i don't see any, any other way than a flat-out military coup to restore trump to power if the military actually realized wow biden's gonna get in here and he's going to destroy and gut the military, which he is going to do. From a self-preservation standpoint, knowing how pro-military Trump is, maybe, maybe they would align with Trump. Like, Biden's done nothing but disrespect the military since he's got in there, making him sleep in the parking garage and... He is going to gut the military. Deagle predicts the Deagle predictions where it says we're going to have like, you know, 75% less people by 2025. Well, Deagle predicts the military budget will be gutted by then. So it appears that Biden is just part of that plan. Now, I'm not saying this wouldn't be part of the theater if Trump did get back in via Gasser and Nasera. I don't know if Satan is going to try to play that card. All I'm telling you is that if 
that does happen understand it does not mean these false prophets were correct they got it wrong all the way up until now but they're going to act like all their false prophecies we just moved the goalposts forward and we got our timeline a little bit wrong it doesn't work that way it does not work that way but see they'll tell you it does because they're going to hope you're ignorant of what the word of god says in deuteronomy 13 and 18 which most people are and most people are reading some watered-down version of the Bible that might not even really intimate. Who knows? I mean, like NIV, I don't know what that would say. Living version. You know, read the King James. So, um, then this uh, listener said, um, I listened to your last teaching and it brings a few points you didn't cover. Maybe I'm wrong, but there appears to be only one way for him, meaning Trump, to qualify to be Apollo or Abaddon. What? He needs to be taken out, meaning Trump needs to be killed. Okay, and I think what she's in reference to there is when, like, the Antichrist has his deadly wound and yet he's healed. I'm pretty sure that's what she's in reference to. Okay. And laid in the tomb underneath the rotunda in Washington, D.C. And being resurrected on the third day like Jesus. <laughs> so, oh, it was a lot in one sentence. Now, I hadn't heard this. I hadn't heard this theory. This is one of the things that evidently is, I'm hearing all these crazy theories now about how Trump's going to come back. Okay. So, evidently, this is one of them. I love this listener that sent me this. And I made her totally anonymous. But, I'm, and she told me later that she doesn't necessarily believe that but she was asking me what i thought about the theory okay she didn't think of the theory i'm pretty sure she heard it from somewhere else another ministry um run by a woman that's putting this out or at least putting the thoughts of it out oh, okay and um She's saying, so there there appears to be only one way for Trump to qualify to be Apollo or Abaddon. He needs to be taken out, meaning killed, and laid in the tomb underneath the rotunda and being resurrected on the third day like Jesus. Okay. Then for sure the whole world will freak out and people will bow down to him and worship him. Yeah, that, that would work. There's no doubt on that. I mean, if they're deceived about Trump now, can you imagine if that happened? Well, my response was, the thing is, okay, the 800 pound gorilla in the room at least one of the many 800 pound gorillas is we're not in the tribulation yet okay see below and I, i'm going to go over this some parameters for us to enter into the tribulation okay and this most likely will not occur until this whole thing about the antichrist and having his deadly wound healed and then being like kind of false resurrected, like a knockoff of Jesus, that whole thing. Because remember, Satan is like a con artist and he likes to reproduce miracles that Jesus did. Well, that'll be a lot of, you know, what's going on there when the Antichrist gets his deadly wound healed and then 
appears, and then, wow, everybody's going to fall hook, line, and sinker. Now, I did a study that I give you the link to here, and it's called the Gog-Magog War, the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the abomination of desolation, the rebuilt temple, the image of the beast, and the seven-year tribulation Bible study. Okay, give you a link here um, with, the tri with the PDF and the whole nine yards. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of that PDF right now. We're, and on, on this particular part of the PDF, we're going to be looking at the abomination of desolation, the rebuilt temple, the image of the beast, the seven-year tribulation, and Bible verses. The Antichrist will enter into the rebuilt temple at the midpoint of the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation. We're going to prove that and proclaim himself to be God. Now, we just that was just the verses we were talking about from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 says, Let no man deceive you, for that day, which is the rapture of the church, shall not come, except there come a falling away first. The word falling away is translated from the word in the Greek called apostia, meaning apostasy, meaning the falling away of the church. We're seeing that right now in spades. I mean, come on, we are. But it also says, and that man of sin be revealed. So the, the falling away of the church is in full bore right now. We're seeing that. But what hasn't happened in that two-part um, verse, two-part qualification, is the man of sin has not been revealed at this point. Now, um, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, post-trib, I'm not here to get into a debate about all that. I've done a whole teaching on that called the pre-trib versus, versus the post-trib tribulation rapture. Okay, you can just key in rapture and you'll find it. Okay, so I don't want to go down that rabbit trail because that took me, I don't know, four or five parts to cover. But even if you believe in pre-trib, the man of sin has to be revealed before the rapture were to happen at bare minimum. Okay. And a lot of people that teach pre-trib don't emphasize that because they're not looking at the second part of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Just something to think about. Okay, so that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. Meaning he's going to elevate himself to, to to this beyond godlike status on planet earth when the when the antichrist because he's going to seek he's so full of pride and he's going to seek to be worshiped okay so that he meaning the antichrist as god he's going to he's going to try to say he's god sitteth in the temple of god showing himself that he is god well hold on sitting in the temple of god yeah the rebuilt temple in jerusalem well, guess what, guys? That temple hasn't been rebuilt yet. The Dome of the Rock is sitting on a lot of the Temple Mount. And it would have to go for the temple to be rebuilt. So, we know, number one, the Antichrist hasn't been revealed yet. Well, that would kind of be a big one to get us into the Tribulation period, I'd think. Yeah, it would. There's also other qualifications. But, <clears throat> has the temple been rebuilt? Oh, no. Have they even started it? No. Well, that would be another heavy-duty indicator that we're not in the tribulation, most likely. Because that's going to occur at the midpoint of the tribulation. When he goes into the temple and commits the abomination of desolation that we're going to talk about in a second. That's 3.5 years into the tribulation that the temple will be rebuilt 
and the Antichrist will go into the Holy of Holies and proclaim himself to be God. And then they'll set up the image of the beast. That's called the abomination that maketh desolate. Well, in order to get that, you got to be three and a half years in the tribulation, and which we're not. We're, we haven't even started it yet. So when I hear things like um, Trump qualifying to be a Apollo, Apollo or a Baden, which we're going to get to that later, he needs to be taken out, meaning killed. And I'm assuming this is the Antichrist with his deadly wound being healed. Understand, guys, all of this is going to take place way into the tribulation. And we haven't even started it yet. So if you see any talk like this, like Trump's going to lay it out underneath the rotunda and be resurrected on the third day. Guys, if they're saying Trump is the Antichrist from that standpoint alone, even though he can't be from a lot of other angles, ignore it. We're not in the tribulation yet. This is all more diversion and lies to get your eyes off the truth, really. That we don't need to be concerned with this. So, there has to be a rebuilt temple for this verse to be fulfilled. 2 Thessalonians 2.4 Now, if we go to Daniel 9.27 And he, this is in reference to the Antichrist, Daniel 9.27 Shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Meaning, confirming a covenant with the antichrist will confirm a covenant or an agreement with many nations for seven years one week is seven years okay it's not one week like seven days okay most likely this will be a treaty to bring about the end of world war three and peace to the middle east because he's going to come as a man of peace but he wants to make sure we're nice and good and desperate on the heels of world war three where humanity will be very amiable and eager to do anything to make the war end. And he's going to come like the man with a plan with all the answers. Most likely that's how it's going to go down. <clears throat> and in the midst of the week, he, meaning the Antichrist, shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. They're going to go back to animal sacrifice in the temple like it was in the Old Testament. Why? Because they rejected the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And they said, crucify Jesus, give us the murderer Barabbas, let the murderer's blood be upon us and our children. And this is a big reason for the biblical cause of the Israelites, of the Jewish affliction that we have seen even up to this present day. Now I do a whole study on that, just key in Jewish affliction. Okay, It's not anti-Semitic, it's just pointing out biblical facts about the subject. That's all it is. Um, so the Antichrist is... So they're, what they're going to do is they're going to reinstitute animal sacrifice in the temple. Because the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, when he said it was finished, it's over, that was not good enough for the Jews. They want to achieve salvation by their own righteousness. They want to achieve it by slaughtering animals and atoning for their sins via the blood of the animals, which is the way, yes, it used to be in the Old Testament to a certain extent, yes. But when Jesus Christ came, he did away with all that. When he died on the cross, in his death, burial, and resurrection, the finished work of the cross, that, it, it is finished. That's over. But 
the Jews hate him for the most part. Now, one third of them are going to get saved and they're going to get their eyes opened near the end of the tribulation, according to the book of Zechariah. And they're going to look upon the one whom they've pierced and mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son, according to Zechariah, I believe like 13. They're going to finally get their eyes open. Why? Why were they blinded? Well, the Bible says blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. It says that in Romans, I believe. Why were they blinded? Well, because they crucified Jesus. The Bible says in John 1 he, that he came to his own, meaning he came as a Jew, he came to his own, he came to other Jews, and his own received him not. They rejected him. They crucified him. And they said, give us the murderer Barabbas in his place. So collectively, they were blinded, I believe, from that point. Now, a lot of people got saved. A lot of Jews did get saved after, um, you know, Jesus, even the resurrection of Jesus, and then obviously in Pentecost, and, and, and the disciples were all Jews. So initially, that was the biggest demographic that got saved by far. But at some point, the emphasis started going to the Gentiles. Okay. And that's easily observable in the book of Acts. Okay. Um, anyway, so they're going to be sacrificing animals in the temple. But the Antichrist is going to go in there at the midst of the week at the 3.5 year mark. And he is going to cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. He's going to stop the animal sacrifice and the oblation. And just so you know what oblation means in the hebrew is gift tribute offering present um that okay so there were sacrifices going on animal sacrifices and there was also gifts tributes just probably similar to the way it was in the old testament but i would imagine it would be a very even uh very bastardized version of, of whatever they were doing in the old testament I mean, that would just be my feeling, considering that, you know, none of it God sanctions at this point. Um, and they're going to think the Antichrist is their awaited savior. That's how deceived the Jews are and will be. So, you know, um, I don't think they're going to be making very level-headed decisions. <laughs> so anyway, then my comment is, in the middle of the tribulation, at 3.5 years, the Antichrist will enter into the rebuilt Jewish temple in Jerusalem and commit the abomination of desolation see the verses below for more clarification we're going to get those in a second and then the end of the verse in daniel 9 27 and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate this is what jesus christ refers to as the abomination of desolation i go on to say now this abomination of desolation is also further referenced here well it's referenced in more than here, this spot in the new testament but jesus said in daniel uh i'm sorry in matthew 24 15 and when ye ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation this is jesus talking spoken of by the prophet daniel okay and that's what we just talked about verse we just read stand in the holy place now what that is is that's when they when they uh, they basically um erect the image of the beast in the holy place okay um that's what jesus is in reference to and he goes on to say, he who readeth, let him understand. And from that time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. Now, Jesus Christ, again, is confirming to you that the sacrifices that will be taken place, 
the first 3.5 years of the tribulation in the rebuilt Jewish temple are going to stop at the midpoint because the Antichrist is going to stop them. He's going to erect the basically the image of the beast in the holy place. He's going to proclaim himself to be God and to be worshipped. Um, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days, which is basically three point five years. Okay, um, which, when comparing scripture with scripture, if we see Daniel nine twenty seven from above, this confirms we are dealing with a seven year tribulation period. Okay, why? Because it said that in Daniel nine twenty seven, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week and in the midst of that week. Well, that's the midpoint. That's the 3.5 year mark. And how do we get confirmation of that? Well, um, and from that time, the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that make a desolate set up. There shall be a 1,290 days. 3.5 years is one half of it. Okay. Because the abomination of desolation takes place in the midst of, so there's basically um, a thousand two hundred and ninety days on both sides of the um, when the abomination takes place, which gives us a seven-year tribulation. Okay, so now this abomination is in reference, in part, to the setting up of the image of the beast mentioned in Revelation. Revelation 13, 14 says, and, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Saying to them that dwell on earth that they should make an image to the beast. This is the abomination of desolation. Which had, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Okay, so that's a little bit confusing the way it's worded. And he deceiveth them that dwelleth on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. The first beast, which is the Antichrist, was the one that whose deadly wound was healed, according to Revelation 13, 12. And he beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast, beast before him, and causes causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast the second beast causes all the people on the earth to worship the first beast and who's the first beast he's the one whose deadly wound was healed but that ain't trump guys that ain't trump okay <laughs> i've done a whole study on how trump cannot be the biblical antichrist and i'm gonna get to that in a second and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the side of, of men. And I believe this is the second beast that's in reference to that makes everybody worship the first beast, which is the Antichrist. The second beast is the false prophet. And deceiveth them that dwell on earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Okay. The false prophet had these power to do the miracles. Saying to them that dwell on earth that they should make an image to the beast. Um, so anyway, let's go further. Uh, let's see. While Trump is a antichrist, the, the Bible says there are many antichrists, small a. As I've covered over and over, there is no biblical way 
for Trump to be the Antichrist, capital A, capital W in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3 where it says, and that wicked capital W be revealed. There's just no biblical way it can happen. Now, where have I proven this? Well, in the teaching I did, biblical qualifications of the Antichrist and why Donald Trump cannot fulfill them. I give you a link to that. Uh, it's from um, 5, 6 of 18. So I did that, you know, over a year and a half ago. Because there's been a lot of, just like Obama before him, oh, he's, and there was, before that it was Bush. You know, he's the Antichrist. And this guy, oh, come on, guys, you got to look at what the Bible says for biblical, what are the biblical parameters of, for someone to be the Antichrist? Are the Jews going to accept him as their coming awaited Messiah? Now, he may be Messiah, Trump may be what they would call Messiah ben Joseph, but there could be many Messiah ben Josephs, meaning one of the many awaited kind of messiahs that isn't the, they're, they're the messiah, which is their messiah ben David, because he's going to have to trace his lineage back to David. Okay, that's going to be a big parameter for the Jews to accept their antichrist. Now, I get into all that in this teaching. Now, also, Abaddon or Apollyon, which was referenced above with the thing that I read, where she had said, there only appears one way for Trump to be Apollyon or Abaddon. He needs to be taken out, laid in the tomb underneath the rotunda and resurrected the third day. That's a whopper. That's, that's really combining a lot of stuff there. I mean, I almost had my head spinning when I read that line. I'm like, man, that's a lot of stuff. Now, I'm not saying she put that out. I'm saying there's people up there saying that. And I'm like, so what I would do is say, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's bring this back down to ground zero and say, are we even in the tribulation yet? Because all that stuff about Abaddon and Apollyon coming out of the bottomless pit and the deadly wound being healed from the antichrist and um all that stuff and then him coming back to life that stuff takes place way into the tribulation which we're not in which we haven't even started yet okay so why would we even be discussing that now the antichrist hasn't even been revealed yet but Evidently, these are some of the things being bantered around. So I felt I needed to address it because I've heard a lot of kind of stuff in the last week or two about Trump and about how what he may be. And it's like, man, okay. All right, anyway. Um, anyway, I give you the my teaching there on biblical qualifications for Antichrist, why Trump can't fulfill them. And then also Abaddon is the fallen angel of the bottomless pit, Revelation 9-11, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, Trump obviously is not a fallen angel. He's not the 
angel of the bottomless pit, which is the only way he could qualify to be a Baden or a Polian. I understand there are other verses where it says the beast comes out of the bottomless pit. I get that. I get that. I get it. Okay. But when you specifically refer to Abaddon and Napoleon, you're referring to the angel of the bottomless pit. And there's no way Trump could be that. I also don't believe Trump's the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit. Okay, I, don't, I just don't see Bible for it based on what we just covered. So, um, then they uh, said, well blank is not teaching donald trump as the antichrist the lady that put that out or maybe mentioned it she only indicated that some believe that that and that um he said that donald trump may be back for some purpose i agree i agree i'm not saying they're they're done with trump i'm not saying through that gesera nasera he might not come back or maybe if there is a military coup, because they realize we're going to be gutted, we're going to be gone as the military, unless we get Biden out of there. And the military, through self-preservation, does that. I'm not saying that wouldn't surprise me a bit if either of those scenarios played out. In fact, I'm almost expecting it. And they could be letting Trump's base, letting them get real nice and desperate in the meantime. You think you had it bad under Trump? Oh, now we're going to show you bad what bad's like under Biden. Because we're going to give you a little taste of that. And we're going to want to make sure Trump's base is at maximum desperation before we bring him out again through whatever plan Lucifer or Satan may have. But it's not going to be God restoring him as some righteous pillar of whatever. um i know donald trump is not polian she said okay cool now my reply this is why women need to adhere to biblical guidelines and stay out of ministry where they're acting in a pastoral capacity that's why i've always just called myself a watchman okay i've never called myself pastor ever i'm not qualified i'm not married i'm not the husband of one wife um i had a sham of a marriage before and the bible says what god hath joined together let not man put it under well it was <laughs> i was really dumb but god gave me beauty for ashes because he gave me taylor so i can't say i regret it but do I think that God brought us together in holy matrimony? Well, it's kind of hard. My ex-wife was really wicked and still is as far as I know. And uh, got married at a justice of the peace in a hall. Clerk at court building in uh, Fort Myers, Florida a long time ago. The Bible says what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. It'd be really hard for me to go back in time and say, yeah, we were biblically joined. Ugh. Anyway, that's a whole other rabbit trail. If you want to know more about the biblical guidelines for what you should be looking for in marriage and also the subject of divorce, the finest books that I know of are, um, oh man, it's a 
one of them is is if thou marry and then another one is a bill of divorcement or no if thou marry thou hast not sinned and it's roy branson roy pastor roy branson sells those it's a two set book two i think you have to buy them both should be required reading for every single christian that is thinking about getting married if they if if god's not calling to marriage you don't really need to read it probably but if he's called you to marriage these are the biblical parameters and guidelines of what both people should be looking for for a successful healthy godly marriage the finest thing i've ever read or saw about the subject and he's been on my roy branson's been on my email list for years and then the other volume the second volume is if you've been divorced and i'm telling you you're going to read things in there that you've they're not talked about in the church there's a lot of stuff done in the church to keep people in bondage regarding the marriage issue especially in the baptist circles mm -hmm. oh big time there big 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 time big time i'm not going to say a whole lot more about it than that but if you get those volume they're not that expensive hardcover really nice books it's it can change your life so um anyway i said this this is why women need to adhere to biblical guidelines and stay out of ministry where they're acting i didn't say they should stay out of all ministry i've just said where they're acting in a pastoral capacity there's no bible for it guys this is why the Bible warns about what women can do for the Lord. And, and she, and I'm not identifying that person. And she and multitudes like her, like Kat Kerr, are essentially acting in capacity of a pastor or a Bible teacher to both men and women. And even if it was just a woman, I still think they're way overstepping their bounds. Because they're still acting like a pastor. I mean, if a woman, if women are going to get together and have a Bible study together, oh, that's one thing. But when you're up online and you're doing Bible studies and you're acting like you're an authority, you're acting in capacity of a pastor. And I don't need to pray about if God called any particular woman to do that. And I'm sorry, you're going to, whatever, a lot of people are going to be mad at me, but I have never one time in all my years of ministry not seen that turn into a disaster. When the women are not under proper biblical headship and they're acting in, in a pastoral capacity and they're in some ministry, it always ends in disaster because it's biblically out of order. It's biblically not sanctioned. It's out of line. Now, the men are so sorry that, you know, they're really not any better most of the time. But see, that's the new normal for the most part. So I'm not giving the men a pass either. Um, I post my teaching, What Women Can Do for the Lord, part one and two here. Or you can just key in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Um, I am not a uh, chauvinist, misogynist. I, I am telling you, this is what the Bible says, guys. I'm not trying to be mean to women. I'm not. Um, I'm just telling you. I'm going to have to tell you 
clearly what the Bible states. And um, it's very, very obvious, the subject. So I'll give you my teaching here. It has a PDF with it. Now, there, a, a guy, a, a listener, a long-time listener, sent me some really good videos this week. And I'm going to play some of them later on this one particular lady in ministry. And she puts out some dynamite solid gold videos and i watched many and then i got to this one and i'm like oh boy and it's her um basically she's recommending walter vaith now the reason i'm playing this right now is because walter vaith who is a um very 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 slick seventh day adventist very very and you you could watch a show and not even know he's seventh day adventist and that's how they get you hooked in okay they've got these shows called i don't know i forget the name maybe it, maybe it'll show up here um walter vate here let me, let me just look it up here real quick just so i can give you full context here walter vaith um because i got a file on just about everything Walter Vase, uh, SDA warning. Let me just see if it says, yeah, Amazing Discoveries by Walter Vaith. Amazing Discoveries, total onslaught. The guy is slick. Okay. I've never done a teaching on Seventh-day Adventism, but it is a cult, guys. It is a total cult. Walter Vaith is a Seventh-day Adventist. But it's very hidden if you're just watching one of his videos. Okay. Ellen G. White founded the Seventh-day Adventist cult. And the members from the beginning must vow to believe that she was a prophet. Okay. She was nothing more than really a witch. And a woman founded this cult. Now, I'm not saying if it was a man or whatever, any cult that anybody finds is bad. But it was based on this woman's prophetic utterances. Okay. And um, there, I've got so much material on this, on this particular thing. Um, they, they, the the Seventh-day Adventists, they teach that Sunday worship is the mark of the beast. Did you know that? And that Sunday worshipers and Sunday worshipers that do it are, they've taken the mark of the beast. They teach they're Satan worshipers, essentially. They deny this, but as long as they keep quoting Ellen G. White, they must have this vulgar heresy stuffed right back down their throats until, what does that say? Until here, I'm, I'm, I'm really going off on a rabbit trail here, but I already kind of started this a little bit. Until they repent. Miss White was a heretic. She added to scriptures. She founded the, the, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Um, and um, th this is one of her... Um, this is one of the, the accounts of Ellen G. White. Small pockets of believers were scattered throughout the Northeast. The meetings attended um, by Miss Harmon, who met almost exclusively in private homes, were characterized by holy salutation, kiss, loud shouting, singing, physical prostration promiscuous mixed foot washing multiple baptisms by immersion odd expositions of vol voluntary humility like crawling and barking yes you read that right kissing crawling and barking 
A woman at the meeting got on her hands and knees and crept all over the floor like a child. The man in the same position followed her, butting her occasionally with his head like, I don't know, like a bull. Another man threw himself at full length upon his back onto the bed, and presently three women crossed him with their own bodies. Good Lord. Ellen um, can move continuously among these Adventist extremists. And again, see, the thing is, is the Bible says... If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, this was a cult that was started by a cultist, Ellen G. White, a witch, basically, via her prophecies. And this was how the meetings were conducted. Well, this is the foundation of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Okay. So if that's the foundations, it was destroyed from the beginning. It was corrupted from the beginning and they literally teach that sunday worship is the mark of the beast so that i've got a 73 page document on this this is why i haven't done a study on it because it's too much material to try to cover but the first part of it is about walter vaith because he's the slickest of the slick the way he comes across okay and this lady that put out this video was saying that and I think she might be Seventh-day Adventist, but cleverly, cleverly hiding it. Even though we are not in the tribulation, many are teaching the deadly wound of the Antichrist has been or will shortly be healed. Now, see, this is the reason why I'm covering all this today. Because when God, I feel like when God wants me to cover something, I'll see the same pattern over and over again. And what I saw a lot this week were women teaching heresy out of line biblically acting in pastoral capacities and then i saw the stuff about trump and then his deadly wound being healed and then napoleon and abaddon and is he going to be in the rotunda and has the deadly wound of the antichrist already been healed well how can that happen if we're not even in the tribulation but walter faith is teaching this and is the image of the beast forming well i'm gonna let you hear for yourself it's not a very long clip but you're going to hear this lady later, and she puts out incredibly dynamite videos. Amazing. But see, she's staying in her lane with those videos. Any woman in ministry should not be acting in pastoral capacities. Okay? Because you're out of line. If you want to talk about current events or some specialty that you have, like, let's say June night with her specialty about she was a Washington insider. But now she's doing like two, three hour Bible studies up online. Teaching both men and women. Oh, sorry, June, but there's no Bible for that. It'd be one thing if you had a husband and he was leading it and you were there and maybe contributing. Okay, but not leading it. I don't even know if she should be doing the other. I think you could give Bible where she shouldn't be doing that either. All I'm saying, guys, is that over the years, I've seen the same dynamic over and over with women in ministry acting as pastors. And it always, never fails, turns into an unmitigated disaster. Why? Because they're out of the will of God. They're going against what the Bible says. And eventually, they're going to reap what they sow. And they're being a stumbling block before the brethren because they're out of line. Even though, even if they teach 100% truth, which is never the case, and I'm not saying I, I, I've never got it wrong, but even if they did, they would still be out of line biblically. 
Still, they're still, still biblically not sanctioned to do that. But we've gotten so far away from biblical standards today. I mean, it's like anything goes, man. See, what I'm saying sounds extreme. A hundred years ago, we wouldn't even have to talk about this. Because it would have just been known there were no women pastors. A hundred years ago, they knew about the, the full definition of sodomy, which would include oral sex. Not just sex between men. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that were commonly known in the church a hundred years ago that have been just wiped away. Thanks to our nice carnal 501c3 yoked up with the devil, lukewarm church pastors that don't want to rock the boat and care more about the praise of man and more about that money coming in and more about not offending anybody and more about being lukewarm and more about being a wolf in sheep's clothing than anything else. And more about yoking up with the FEMA clergy response team so they can sell their congregations out. Yeah. But see, I'm a bad guy for pointing all that out. You understand why I'm by myself? Because I saw all this stuff in the church when I was in the charismatic, hardcore charismatic. When I went to a Catholic high school. When I went to a Lutheran middle school. When I was in the most hardcore sect of the Baptist church that you could get. Independent, fundamental, uh, um, unregistered, King James only Baptist movement. Most hardcore Baptist you could get. I've went from ones, which was the opposite spectrum of the hardcore charismatics. I've seen pretty much, well, I'm not going to say I've seen everything, but I've seen a lot. So I saw these problems and I'm like, and I would try to go to the pastors and like, you know, talk to them about it. And they, not one time ever did any pastor ever receive and I would go to them humbly like the Bible says too, guys. I would not go to them in any kind of spirit of pride or, or um, rebuke. The Bible says um, to, to basically to approach an elder with meekness. I did that. I think I can stand before God and say I think I did that. And the Bible talks about if you see another one overtaking a fall, go to such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. Because if you're going in a spirit of pride, uh, number one, they're going to bow up to you. Because they're going to sense that pride. And they're going to be like, no, no, their defenses are going to come up. You go to them in a spirit of meekness, it's hard for them to get mad at you. Or harder, you know. It's not saying it can't happen because I've went in spirits of meekness before and I've seen people explode on that too. I'm just telling you biblically how you approach and as an elder you go and you definitely go in a spirit of, of meekness and it's just a spirit of humility a spirit of you know I've been deceived and you know if I saw somebody and this is an extreme example but if you see somebody in a burning building and you walk by and you say I don't want to wake them up I don't want to offend them they might lose some sleep even though they're going to burn up in the building I don't want to offend them. I'm just going to keep walking. Well, you haven't really done them any favors. So you go in a nice way. And if they don't receive you, okay. Fine. Okay, but you, you've you done, I believe, biblically what you're supposed to do. The Bible says in heretic after the first and second admonition, reject. So if you get if you go to somebody in a spirit of meekness 
and it's some really obvious biblical truth. And I don't mean gray area stuff like you're, you know, you shouldn't be I'm like, oh, what would be a great example of that? Oh, I don't even want to go down this rabbit trail. But I mean, you get into a pre-trib, post-trib debate on the rapture. There's a good one. Okay. I'm not going to let that be something where I dis will not have fellowship with you because I don't see exactly like you see it. Okay. I'm just not going to do that. The Bible says we see through a glass, but darkly, but then face to face. So none of us have it all figured out, but I'm talking about some really, really super obvious biblical issue. Like some, some dude's fornicating with, you know, his brother's wife. Okay. There's no black and white on that. And they still reject you? Well, a heretic after the first and second admonition reject. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, it says if they're doing that essentially, turn and they won't repent, turn such an one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved in the day of the Lord. And the Bible says also in that same chapter is, is if any brother be called a fornicator or has a big list there, was such an one not to eat. So we're not to fellowship with them. All of these things are totally foreign in the church now because they're not practiced at all. Because the headship is so corrupt that if we were to start practicing things like this, you'd have to typically most of the time start with a pastor and dissolve the church because most of the time the pastors at these churches are totally disqualified. So it's, it's beyond a mess. It's just beyond a mess. But... The Bible predicted that this was going to be a mess, mess of a time. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three, there will be a falling away. We're seeing it. All right. So let's go ahead and play this short clip here. This is a very, very complex teaching to try to put together because I'm trying to really emphasize some points for you all today because I don't want you to fall into a lot of the deceptions I see arising. Now, this is this really, this called seven grains of salt, okay? And um, again, I don't know if they're Seventh-day Adventists. Um, but I'm going to play this so you can understand what we're talking about here. Let's see. But then he went on to talk about the world religions and how that they were asking for, of course, D Trump to step down. And now that they have Biden in there, he's the good Catholic. Catholic. Well, so was Trump. <laughs> so all I'm saying is nothing's changed. So Could, what now if, she's saying that because Trump did go to a Jesuit. One of the colleges he went to was a Jesuit college. Yes, true. But I think Trump was a, I believe from his own writings and his own manuscripts, Trump, the way to the success or whatever, that book, I've given you the, the thing. He was a Kabbalist. He was a practicing Kabbalist way more than he was a Catholic or a Jesuit. The people that bailed him out of the bankruptcies, the Rothschilds, that Adelson guy that just died, they were hardcore um, synagogue of Satan Kabbalists. That's who he owed allegiance to. He said he had a Kabbalah teacher in that book. I, I've read you the quote over and over. Etan Yatiri was his Kabbalah teacher. Trump. His Ivanka wears the red string. She married a high-level Shabbat Lubavitch Kabbalist. Jared Kushner, okay, whose whole family is Kabbalist. She converted to Shabbat Lubavitch, which is where you re wear the red Kabbalah string, like Madonna wears and a lot of the people in Hollywood do. 
Ivanka's daughters. I mean, I've got all the pictures. Marla Maples, his former wife. Now we're going back. She wore the red Kabbalah string. Her daughter wore it. Trump has been, for a long time, a high-level, I believe, Kabbalist. Very, very, very closed door. Not putting it out there, not announcing it to the world. He'd tell you right now, I guess he's a Christian, whatever version or derivation that is, but that's not so. Exactly happening with everything that we're seeing with the masks and the V and everyone who's following suit of everything that the UN and the WHO says, right? Well, unfortunately, most Protestant pastors have also joined in on this as well as don't count Trump out of this because he signed the Abrahamic Accord with the coin that clearly shows many things. It's the coexist. So the bottom line to his one hour... Okay, so now she just cited the whole thing about the Abrahamic Accord, which he signed, which again was like, and I went over this, key and Abrahamic Accord, wasn't that big of a deal, guys. It was like to like some bit player nations that were already kind of in alignment with Israel. It wasn't confirming the covenant with many nations for a week. It wasn't a seven-year agreement. I've, I've went through that. It, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yes, there was a coin minted with his image on it and these types of things. And this is why I believe that he could be what they were they refer to as Uzziah ben Joseph, meaning one of the kind of coming... I don't even want to use messiahs, but people that that helped the nation of israel out yes he did a lot for it but it's funny because as soon as biden won netanyahu totally turned his back on trump and i believe deleted him from one of the um the things and before that all he could do is praise trump but he had used him for what he was good what he was good for and then he like most Kabbalists, just will move on and they'll use you up and they'll use you to the maximum degree and then they'll turn their back on you and stab you in the back and walk away that's what netanyahu's already done to trump so she says, well, I'll just let her talk here. Lecture was in the last three or four minutes. Has the wound been healed? Yes. Is it so she's been, she's teaching, I guess Walter Vaith is teaching, is has the wound been healed? What? You know what they're in reference to? The deadly wound that the Antichrist gets and he dies from the sword wound? And then it gets healed and he comes back. Now, this is way into the tribulation, guys. This is what we were kind of talking about before, about Trump being slain and being in the rotunda. And uh, People are just going crazy and running with this thing insanely. And evidently, this is what Walter Vaith is teaching. Guys, we're not even in the tribulation yet. If the tribulation started tomorrow, we're about three and a half years or, I don't know, three, three and a half years from this happening. The image of the beast forming? Well, the image of the beast is going to be put up in the Holy of Holies, as we just talked about, at the 3.5 year mark of the tribulation. And it's going to be part of the abomination of desolation that Jesus talks about and that Daniel talks about. How could the image of the beast be forming? We don't even have the rebuilt temple yet. We're not even in the tribulation yet. The Antichrist hasn't even been revealed yet. What? So it just shows you how deceived 
this particular lady is about this particular subject. I mean, it's just beyond belief. Image of the beast forming, yes. Are the roles, uh, role players in place to ensure that it'll happen? Yes. The role players in place to ensure that what? The image of the beast happens? Again, we're not even in the tribulation. The image of the beast is predicated upon a rebuilt temple, and that's three and a half years in the tribulation. And that which hasn't started. And the Antichrist hasn't arisen. So, well, guys, just please be careful. Please be careful. Because there is some insane... When Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, be not deceived. I had no idea how bad it was going to get. And you know what? It's going to probably get so much worse than it is now. We haven't even seen the signs and lines, wonders, and miracles yet. When that starts coming. We haven't seen that. Can you imagine? People are going to just drop everything no matter what. Oh, I'm going to follow after that. I don't care what the Bible says. Well, that's why the Bible says a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. You don't base your religion or your Christianity seeking after signs. In the Constitution, in the light of the whole lecture, I think that's what he said, stand in the way. I know. Because it is legal. It's not lawful, but it is legal. So, as I've said before, and I'm saying it again, get out of her, my people. Do not be one with the world, and make sure your organization is not one with the world. And I would agree with her about that, but the what she just said was such a whopper of a lie that I'm, I'm just my, I'm reeling. Or then you better get out and get out of the church if your church is one of those organizations because otherwise you'll receive her plagues just as the word and evidently this is what walter vaith yeah she, i mean it says it literally in the description that the whole thing about the image of the beast forming was in walter vaith's video then she and she says it right in her description that you should listen to i think she's a closet if not an overt seventh-day adventist because of the way she talks I mean, the deadly wound of the Antichrist has been healed? What? She said yes. What? Well, how do you get that? But again, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and, make, and that maketh flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord. Walter Vaith is so slick, so good at what he does. You know, I mean, it's like all those expressions about, you know, I don't know, I mean, you could sell an anchor to a drowning person, or I don't know. I mean, but I'm like, are we in Looney Tunes land here? The deadly wound's been healed? The Antichrist hasn't even risen. The image of the beast is forming? What? Anyway, I, I had to cover that because it kind of relates to what we talked about earlier. Now, let's go further. Here's another one. Okay, and again, this is how I know I'm supposed to cover a topic because then I got, literally, I was in the midst of all this stuff. And then I got this from a, from a longtime listener about Patriot Nurse. Patriot Nurse? Yeah. Okay. She sends me this thing and it's called My Pure Soul. I'm like, what? It's some Jewish prayer 
from some Christ-hating rabbi. And she said, good morning. I listened to Patriot Nurse recite this prayer. Now, again, here's an example of somebody, a woman, that needs to stay in her lane. There are examples of men that need to stay in their lane as well. But Patriot Nurse is now acting very much in a pastoral capacity, having all kind of, like, where she almost does Bible studies and she does these praise and worship things and she commingles it with a lot, from what I could see, a lot of Judaism. She's a Jew, guys. Okay, now that doesn't make her bad, but she's a Jew and she commingles a lot of this, of the Jewish lies, the Hebrew roots lies, in with what she does. Now, I've done so many teachings on Hebrew roots, Sabbath versus Sunday, the hexagram, which I've seen her proudly wear on camera before, and I emailed her about it, but she ignored me. Um, all the things that go along with that, you know, Hebrew roots, damnable heresies. She is commingling that with whatever little pet religion she's invented in her head. And because she has such a gigantic platform, when she started out years ago where she was just talking about like the nursing stuff and maybe the Patriot stuff, she's very knowledgeable. And again, she's very authoritative. The way she talks. Well, a lot of people, when they hear people talk that way, very emphatically, dogmatically, very authoritative. That's all. That's I'm hook, line, and sinker, man. I'm believing it. She's, she knows what she's talking about a lot with the Constitution, with... um obviously nursing really good stuff but she totally got out of her lane and now it's like pastor patriot nurse evidently i'm telling you it always results in disaster she said good morning i listened to patriot nurse recite this prayer now she gave me a link to it which i'm giving you from this jewish rabbi's website i really liked it but i thought the verbiage was off in the very beginning, it states, you have given me a pure soul. God. Now, doesn't mention Jesus anywhere. Okay. I'll just let her talk. A few paragraphs down, it states that Adam and Eve paid for their sin. What? What? Through the skins that God gave them? To cover their nakedness? How did they pay for their sin? What did they do to do that? I must have missed that in the Bible. And we are not born into sin. Oh, okay. So, she says, of course this sounded off to me. It's a Judean, like a Judaism belief. Thought I'd share this. See your thoughts. Patriot Nurse says this prayer every morning. My reply. said, Susan. I would avoid her or any woman in ministry acting like a pastor to their flock. Is that is totally unbiblical. And she obviously is. She is commingling tenets of Judaism, as she is a Jew, with elements of Christianity. This is called leaven. And a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump according to Jesus Christ. And he said that about the Pharisees and Sadducees, that leaven was their bad doctrine. It only takes a little bit of rat poison... Well, it only takes a little bit of poison in the rat poison to make it all poison. 99% good food for the rat, 
1% poison. I mean, how is our soul pure? Especially as, as a legalistic Jew. How is our soul pure? And we are born in sin. David said this. David, a, a, a man after God's own heart. Yes, David messed up a lot. But here's what David said. Psalm of David, Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity. I was shaped in iniquity. Like a form of sin. And in sin did my mother conceive me. I've had a lot of, some people over the years argue with me about this. Okay, yeah. I guess you think we're born perfect or something. Sin's, sin taints everything, guys. Taints everything. The animals, the earth, the water, us. When sin entered in in the garden, it started messing everything up. Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing. Now, this is a part from Jesus Christ. But even, even saved, it's not like you're going to walk around in sinless perfection. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible say, it says in 1 John, if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us. And we are a liar. Now, should we strive towards sin? Should we use our liberty for an occasion of the flesh? No, obviously not. But even Paul said, oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? The greatest apostle that ever lived. Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? The things that I shouldn't do, I do. And the things I should do, I don't do. And that's Paul, who's like a zillion times better Christian than I am, was saying that. But evidently, we're born with a pure soul. And... Um, Adam and Eve paid for their own sin. And we're not born into sin. What does all those statements point to? Pride. Which is what Judaism is rooted in. Pride. I mean, the way they look at other non-Jews, the Gentiles, what they actually really think at, in these sects of Judaism is we are like cattle, the Gentiles, and meant to be ruled over and enslaved by them. And that is why they do what they do in Hollywood and why they're, they're trying to jockey us into that position. I've read you their quotes over and over, particularly they, they, they uh, really want to get the white people. And that's them saying it, not me. They want to kill the blacks too. And they want to kill everything else in between. But they really, 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 really believe that the white races have to be um, bred out of existence and killed off and that Christianity has to be annihilated before their Messiah, Messiah Ben David, the Antichrist, can come back. And that is why they are so after Christianity. And the white race in particular. And I'm sorry, you turn Hollywood on and it's, you know... I don't even have a TV, but what I see online, it's like, you know, every white guy is portrayed as a total moron idiot, typically. And every commercial you see, it's a, it's a black guy with a white woman or a white guy with a black woman in the new normal family. Now, that's them doing this. The Jews have said this is part of their plan to create our inevitable brown future. 
Oh, he can't say that as a white guy. You're a racist. I'm telling you, this is their agenda. I've played you the clips from them, and I will not apologize for their satanic agenda. They've said it, not me. For some reason, that is very important to them, to breed the white race out of existence. And I've just told you why. Because they believe their Messiah, the Antichrist, cannot arise until either that is well underway or totally done. Now, they're never going to totally do it, but that's how those, that's what their Kabbalist, Talmud-loving religion teaches. And Patriot Nurse is reading a prayer every morning from one of these Talmud-loving, and possibly Kabbalah-loving, if the truth be known, rabbis. That says we are we have a pure soul and we're not born into sin. And um, you know, fine and dandy cotton candy. The Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Apart from Jesus Christ, that's how God views our righteousness. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Now, then, when Susan said that she believes she's this, the, the title of this prayer is "My Pure Soul." Oh, really? What is the soul? The soul is three parts: it's the mind, the will, and the emotions. And these are definitely not pure. Okay. The mind, the will, and the emotions. How many? The Bible says the thought of foolishness is sin. Well, how many foolish thoughts have you ever had in your life? How many wicked thoughts have you ever had in your life? You could go on and on and on. The mind, the will, and the emotions. That is not pure. Some could argue when you get saved and your spirit is reborn, that, that there's arguments there that saying that that is pure. I don't want I, I to get into all that. All I'm saying is if we're talking about the soul, okay, Body, soul, spirit, three part. The soul is not pure, guys. The soul is what we is what we wrestle with, essentially. The mind, the will, and the emotions until the day we die. <laughs> it's not pure. Regardless of if you're saved or not. Now, if you have your body in this subjection and you're totally submitted to God and you're living for God and you're in the word and you're praying and you're fasting, you will be in a much better position where you sin in a minimal way most likely why because you're feeding your reborn spirit with all of those things that you're doing you're feeding it reading the word of god praise and worship fasting praying you know living but you're doing all this through the lord jesus christ you're not doing it of your own but to say our soul is pure really this prayer is from a Jesus Christ hating rabbi. No mention of Jesus at all in the prayer. Of course not, because it's Judaism. This is the mission statement. I went up there and looked, and this is the mission statement for this Jewish ministry right off their own webpage that are posting this prayer that Patriot Nurse says every morning. Here's what it says. Our mission, Beth Shalom Benai Israel, provides a vibrant, caring atmosphere strengthened by our connection to conservative Judaism which most likely that that may be one of the ones that are Kabbalah practicing. If the truth, now they're not going to advertise that most likely. 
but there's a good chance we know for sure they practice the talmud and the talmud is one of the most blasphemous evil wicked um volumes that have ever been written particularly the babylonian talmud well how do you know they they like the talmud oh i'm getting there we strive to support the needs of our diverse membership and greater community, the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Where Did you hear one word about Jesus Christ? No, because they hate Jesus Christ. After this prayer, and I went up to the website, I've copied and pasted it right off their own website. It says that this prayer that the Patriot nurse prays every morning and is trying to get her, her followers to pray is taken from the first tactrate of the Talmud. Oh yeah. Now, if that's not a gigantic red flag about the Patriot Nurse, I don't know what is. See my teaching entitled The Blasphemous Talmud and the Hebrew Roots Messianic Christian Zionist Movement Part 2. And I give you a link there. The Blasphemous Talmud is declared by religious Jews to be from God. Totally binding and authoritative. And this is from my table of contents from that teaching. Many supposed Christians who call themselves Messianic Jews, which I think Patriot, Patriot Nurse would definitely do that. They call themselves Messianic Jews, Hebrew Roots, Christian Zionists, incorporate the Talmud into their religious practices, just like the Patriot Nurse is doing every day when she prays this prayer. In fact, I recently received an email from a Messianic Jew inviting me to a mikvah for high holidays, which is described as a ritual cleansing slash immersion in preparation for the Jewish high holy days. She went on to say, quote, the Talmud has a number of required criteria that a mikvah must adhere to in order to be, quote, kosher. Endless, endless, endless hoops and regulations you have to jump through and adhere to in order to be right with whatever spirit they're actually worshiping because it's not god most jewish and messianic rabbis consider the talmud higher in authority than the old testament you know why because all cults in the world seventh day Adventism, jehovah witnesses mormons they've all got their extra biblical books oh they all do and guess what inevitably when all those extra biblical books contradict the bible guess what they go with they go with those extra biblical books and that becomes higher than the word of God. It, every single time. You gotta, you gotta choose whom, they, whom, the, whom you're gonna serve. You're gonna bow the knee to God or Baal? Well, if you're in any of these cults, you're bowing the knee to Baal. Because they're always gonna have a higher authority and it's never gonna be the word of God. If they went by the word of God, they would get rid of all those extra biblical blasphemous books they adhere to in this case, like the Talmud and the Kabbalah. And, you know, they would go with the, what the word of God says. But then again, the Jews don't believe that the New Testament's real. Or, or it's, or it's um, you know, they, they believe it's garbage. It's what they believe. So, most Jewish and Messianic rabbis consider the Talmud higher in authority than the Old Testament. There are two main Talmuds the Palestinian Talmud and the second one mm, is the Babylonian Talmud 
when we, we will be looking at many direct quotes from the Talmud in this teaching, and I give you the link to it, or just can Talmud in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Ooh. So we're going to be looking at many quotes, including Christians are allied with hell and Christianity is worse than incest. Yeah, that's what the Talmud teaches, Patriot Nurse. That's how well you've done your homework. Where does it say that? Aboda Zara, 17a, page 85. Christians are allied with hell and Christianity is worse than incest. I just gave you the quote and it's in the table of contents. Here's another one. When the Messiah comes, meaning the anti, their Antichrist that they're waiting for, but they call him the Messiah, Messiah bin David. When Messiah comes, he will destroy the Christians. And again, this is why they're trying to destroy Christianity. The Jewish Hollywood controlled media and politicians. This is why they're trying to destroy Christianity all over the world. Because they know that it is the biggest block and impediment to the Antichrist making his arrival. So when Messiah comes, he will destroy the Christians. Where is that said? Sanhedrin 99a, page 668. Should be 666, but anyway. And then here's another one. Those who read the Gospels, meaning the Gospels of the New Testament, are doomed to hell. Where does it say that? Sanhedrin 90a, and it also says it in 100b, pages 601 and 602 and 680. Here's another one from the Talmud. It is permitted to have sexual intercourse with a girl three years old in one day. Where does it say that? Sanhedrin, 55B, page uh, 376. Have I got your attention yet, Patriot Nurse? And anybody that's doing this? Trust me, I took more heat from the Hebrew Roots movement than I've ever. When I when I released that, boy, boy, they came out of the woodwork. They, nobody, they couldn't refute anything that I put out, but they're good at attacking, though. It is permitted to have sexual intercourse with a three-year-old in one day. Three-year-old girl. You sick, sick. I talk about the Muslims being sick. They're just as sick. Any, anybody that practices this pure evil. Well, no wonder they don't like the New Testament. Jesus said it's better if you hang a millstone around such a person that would, you know, do this. Hang a millstone around their neck and cast them in the midst of the sea then they offend one of these little ones that believeth on me. Jesus Christ said this about little ones, about little children. What about sexually molesting a three-year-old girl? That's okay. That's good. It's permitted to have sexual intercourse with them. And then, this is also, we'll be doing a Bible study to totally debunk the notion that a Christian has to adhere to Jewish traditions to be saved and or to be right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Titus 1.14 says, Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men, which would be the Talmud and, the, um, and in particular uh, the Kabbalah, that Trump is a practicing Kabbalist, and commandments of men that turn from the truth. So, I, I know this teaching is probably going to step on a lot of toes, but, you know, 
<laughs> to me, it's 800-pound grill in the room stuff that has to be pointed out. So, this prayer that she says every morning, this my pure soul, and I give you the link to it if you want to read the whole thing. The prayer taken is, this prayer is taken from the first tractate of the Talmud. <laughs> wow! How righteous of you, Patriot Nurse. Wow, that's amazing. And then I give him my teaching on the Blasphemous Talmud. And here's what I end it with. I say, it is one thing to talk about current events or nursing protocols or survival protocols or the Constitution or the Second Amendment issues. I got no problem with her talking about that stuff. She is an expert in those areas. But pride has so entered in because she's out of order biblically. And I'm, again, I'm not saying there's not tons of men that are out of order biblically online either. But it's one thing to talk about these things, but it's a total other thing to be holding Bible studies and teaching about scripture and then pointing people to prayers from the Talmud. Like a pastor would. Well, a true pastor wouldn't do that. But I sense a lot of stubborn pride with Patriot Nurse personally. I emailed her before very nicely about that hexagram she was wearing around her neck. Please see my teaching on the hexagram. It's one of the highest symbols in witchcraft. It's a hexagram. What is a hex? It's a curse. It's where we get the word curse from. Hex. It's a hexagram. Six-pointed star inside a circle. Satanists will cast that on the ground when they're trying to summon a demon from another plane of existence. It's pure evil. I got no response from her. This is rampant. This behavior that we're seeing is rampant. This kind of behavior is rampant among men and women in ministry. And it is the norm. The norm. Okay. Um, I'm already over time. I don't know how I'm going to get very far much further. Oh, boy. Um, I'm over on time here. So I'm going to end part two here, and we will go to part three next. God bless you and see you in part three.